blew me off for a bottle of tequila. Tequila's no good for you. Doesn't call, doesn't write. It's not nearly as much fun to wake up to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scalpels and Tequila, a Grey's Anatomy recap podcast. I'm Ayla. And I'm Tamsin. And today we are doing season five, episode seven. R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-C-T. That is what this episode's song should be. Because the drinking game for this episode is every time they say respect, have a shot. Would your shot be a single malt whiskey? Oh, don't know how I feel about men referring to women as what drink they think they are. What drink are you? What drink do you think Ah! you are? (laughs) As someone who sells single malt whiskey, probably not that. I have no idea, actually. I thought it was... I thought it was really interesting that, and I thought it would be a fun game. I thought about it straight away. Yeah. But I have no idea. But like obviously problems with men referring to women as drinks, but you can be your own drink. Well, especially if they call you what a cheap wine that gives you a hangover that hurts your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or a beer bong. I feel like I would like to be a martini, but I don't think I am. Do you like drinking martinis? I do like drinking martinis. I should like drinking martinis, but I just, I can't. Mm, oh, maybe I'm a jungle bird. So a little bit fruity. She's got pineapple juice in there. Definitely on the more bitter side, there's Campari. Um, and then mm. there's there's rum, just fight juice. Mm. Rum's not fight juice. Rum is delicious. Maybe you're a bit of a rum, like a white rum. That's what I'm saying, Jungle Bird. Mm. So today is all about the monologue. It sure is. So let's get into it. Meredith's monologue today it goes like this. If you're a normal person, one of the few things you can count on in life is death. But if you're a surgeon, even that comfort is taken away from you. Surgeons cheat death. We prolong it. We deny it. We stand and defiantly give death the finger. We're born, we live, we die. Sometimes, not necessarily in that order. We put things to rest only to have them rise up again. So if death is not the end, what can we count on anymore? Because you sure can't count on anything in life. Life is the most fragile, unstable, unpredictable thing there is. In fact, there's only one thing about life we can ever be sure of. It ain't over till it's over. That's a fucking depressing monologue, isn't it? I just think it's about zombies. <gasps> I love zombies. <laughs> no, it's not. It's very depressing. I guess because it, I think this episode is about respect as well. I think this mm. episode is about respect and I think it's about saying goodbye. There's a lot of instances this episode where people can't let go. People can't say goodbye. And it's not just death, although that is kind of the main the main thing, but it's also like quite a few people holding on to things they should have let go of. Like Han is still holding on to this, the the heart. You know, the husband doesn't want to say goodbye to his wife. Oh, yeah, but that's still. Yeah. Bailey can't say goodbye to her marriage. Wow, but yeah, totally. <laughs> but you are correct. I think respect is definitely like holding this episode together well it's like the very first scene we have Derek trying to sleep Meredith up into the wee hours of the morning reading your mother's journals which is fine read them totally get out of the bed if you want to have a phone call Mm. I agree and we don't often agree with Derek when it comes to Meredith but like We're not agreeing with Meredith. We're agreeing that all of the people who live in this house are fucking terrible housemates. (laughs) We're back to the bad housemates. Yeah. Derek in the morning gets to work and he's like putting eye drops. He's exhausted because he can't sleep. I don't like though. Bailey says like, oh, you're tired. And he's like, it's Meredith. (laughs) Meredith. But then it is, I guess. Does he ever have anything good to say about her? No, this is the problem. It's like. He instantly, it doesn't. he doesn't even bat an eyelid to just completely blame Meredith and not really give a reason. But also, like, 
get off the get out get out of the room. She really can't be on the phone in bed while her partner's sleeping. No. Especially when he's a surgeon. Like they're surgeons. We've talked about this before. Like you need sleep. I wouldn't want my surgeon like not being able to see properly because he's so tired. I'm not a fucking surgeon and I need sleep to do my job properly. Totally. Totally. So I get it. Like we're all capable of being distracted and incapable of doing stuff. Most of us drive to work. You drive to work overly tired, what's going to happen? Potential car accidents. Not cute. So instead of talking to Meredith and asking her like, hey, do you think if you're going to talk to Christina on the phone, you could do it in a different room? Instead of having like communication with his partner about how the him being tired is making him a bit grumpy, making him bad at his job, and it's just a general problem, he thinks, oh, no, the solution to this is using my friend to get him to sleep with her friend. That's the, that's the easy solution. That's the obvious solution here. Oh, of course. All Christina needs is a distraction. She just needs a man. Mark. You sleep with anything. You will sleep with anything I tell you to. Go and fix my problem for me. You you owe me one. Take this one for the team. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. And this is where Derek says Christina is like a single malt scotch. I think the way that he describes her is quite nice. Mm, so do I. The I actually think calling her that and, like, he's trying to be affectionate. Mm. He's, he's It's a compliment. Yeah, it is. Don't – Derek's behaviour this episode, like, don't get me wrong, I do think Meredith is in the wrong. Get off the fucking phone in the bed, not, mm-hmm. not cool. Mm-hmm. But the request of Mark is unsettling. I suppose if it were a joke, fine, like, lol – we need to find someone for Yang. We need to keep her occupied. What can I do? But but literally bargaining with your friend and telling them they have to do this is not all right. And him and Bailey just completely diminishing mental health services and marriage counselling yeah. all day. Derek, you're yeah. not being supportive of your friend. Just because marriage counselling didn't necessarily work for you, s- support your friend in what she is trying to do. Totally. Which we haven't actually heard about how Bailey's relationship's been going for a while. So it's nice to have a little bit of a check-in to see what's going on with her at home, which um, doesn't sound good. But they are trying, you know, going to counselling is a great step. Because, you know, we've, we've had these conversations where we talk about how if there's a problem and you just complain and you complain about it and don't do anything, how it's so much worse. So even though I think we can kind of all see it's not it's not good, but no, the trying is important the here trying. and I think it's a good step. So Derek and Bailey are working together on Bailey's patient Rosie today with her lovely husband um, and the rest of our interns are being divvied up at interns, residents. <laughs> they will always be interns to us are being divvied up a little. So Alex and George today are supposed to be working on Stan, the terrifying patient simulator. Stan is brand new. Chief is very excited to show everyone Stan. He's just a giant robot that can bleed out, that can die, that can talk. And (laughs) (laughs) we love Stan. We love Stan. Even with his lack of, like, eyelids, he's fine. (laughs) We love Stan. Gray and Stevens are working together today. Weird pairing. They're working with Han on Han's patient, Michael. Um, Yang is in the pit with Owen. Just dodging. Yang is just dodging Mark today. Just dodging these pickup lines that are Flying out of left. She's right not even center. dodging them. She is just da, 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 breezing right past them. Well, yes, they're flying at her and just missing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cupid's arrow is just limp and sad, falling at her feet. And she's like, oh, totally. oh okay. She can't even see it. But Lexi 
Lexi is the queen of the interns and has assembled an army of the dead to teach us. I reckon this is going to come back and bite Yang in the ass because it's all of Yang's interns. Definitely. Also, Morgo is creepy. There's lots of more. Oh, sorry, the guy that works in the morgue. Yes. She's there trying to have a conversation and he just turns around and he's like, you're really pretty. You're pretty. <laughs> Caveman, see, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But ba- I guess it's trying to say to us what she flirted her way into stealing like 10 bodies. Because that's what it's saying, right? That, like, she was so pretty, she got all these bodies? Why else was that there? Yeah. Because they're not for her. Like, she's not a med student. They're not They're not actually for her. They have places to go. Like, those bodies are going to wet labs. They are going, like, they're assigned to schools and stuff. Yeah. They're not just, like, a free-for-all downstairs. So I think that's why they're like, oh, you're really pretty. And then she smiles and then all of a sudden she's like, I have all these corpses. Come, my pretty. <laughs> Let's play. So our interns today, they don't know how to do anything. There's a line in this where Yang's patient is a guy who got flung off a bridge or fell off a building or something. Did he get beaten? I think he got beaten up because they keep they were he was in a fight. No, they said he thinks he was pushed. Oh, that's yeah, but it was like someone else. Because they keep being like, wait till you see the other guy. Who would beat up someone this yeah. bad? He he goes down. Uh, Yang gets a, a page and she says to Lexi, why didn't you put in a central line? I learned that on week one. Mm-hmm. And Lexi stands up to her and says, well, yeah, you did, but you've never let any of us do it. So the interns we find out today are downstairs in the basement, which I think is where the gurneys are that our residents Mm. used to hang out on. Yeah. And our residents don't hang out there anymore. No, they don't. No. And the interns are practising IVs on themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they're practising IVs on themselves, which IV is something that I feel like I could do with about 10 minutes of instruction. Oh, definitely. Isn't, I feel like putting an IV in yourself, isn't that a bit of like a doctor joke? Like if you're hungover or whatever, don't they just put IVs in yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Like, no disregard to all no, of the medical no, professionals but- who listen to us. There are definitely people who are better at it, but it feels like day one. And in, in my head, like, it's like how you think that dentists will bring happy gas to a party. I feel like doctors, when they're hungover, will give themselves an IV back. <laughs> what kind of parties have you been going to? I just have heard that. Is that not a thing? It's just nangs, bro. Happy gas is nangs. I- <laughs> I know, but the ones that dentists like strawberry flavored. I just, it's not, I haven't seen it. I've just like. Oh, just fancy chroming. In my brain, they're the perks of the med students. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Well, all I want to know about this entire kerfuffle of Lexi stealing corpses is like, is that room in the basement full of mops? Heavily air conditioned. I mean, where the corpses are, I think they're in the. Yeah, but she takes them out of the morgue. I just think it's like a. And takes them into the basement storage room. That would be stinky. Ah, mm hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I should stop putting facts in the story, I'm aware, but like. You've made it yuck. It's warm and damp. It was fucking yuck to begin with. Bailey hit the nail on the head with this one for me. So Lexi is so excited to bring all the interns down here. But before she gets around to it, Christina notices that she smells like formaldehyde, which if you listen to last week's episode, I think – I just called medical strength vinegar for pickling. Also, we didn't mention the fact that the kidney glows, and I've been meaning to Google it since we did that episode. Oh, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, obviously I want a kidney, no light. Yeah, instead of fairy lights in a jar, you just have a house covered in kidneys in a jar that just glow at nighttime. Little tiny rats' kidneys. Okay, yep, yeah, I'm going to. Well, because they'd be the size of fairy lights. Oh, gross, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fairy kidneys. Lexi gets stopped along the way because the smell of death just must be coming off her. And now because we know they're in an un, un-air-conditioned, unventilated basement room, it's probably not formaldehyde she's smelling. It's probably rotting corpses. So Yang decides to figure out what's going on. She follows Lexi down and she's like, brilliant, a room full of practice bodies, great. Bye, Lexi. These are not yours anymore. And why are we practicing? We are practicing today. Everyone wants a little bit of practice today because our residents have been told that the first solo surgery is coming up and they all need to impress to be the one to win. And they are like scurrying around. They are so excited. They want all the practice they can get. They are not really caring about what their interns are doing because they want to impress and their interns have to impress them. Well, that's what Christina says. And then does not really follow that up because does not let Lexi do anything. And Weber is running around asking, and I'm sure we're going to see more of this, our attendings, who he thinks should have the solo surgery. But most importantly, he wants Owen's opinion on this. And he says to Owen, you have fresh eyes. You have no history. You have no relationship with any of these people. I want to see what you think. But also, haven't you been here for three days? I understand why Weber asked. I think the fresh eyes is a good idea because the others all do have so much. So do I. Messy stuff going on. But, yeah, it's not enough time. He hasn't been able to work with them all yet. No. But can you imagine being Owen in this situation? Obviously, Owen's very aware of his surroundings and just seeing how much interpersonal bullshit there is between all of our residents, interns and attendings. Ah, oh, my my red flags would be going if I was Owen. It's actually, I like how annoyed he is about it. It's kind of one of the f- first things he picks up on today and you can tell it bothers yeah. him all day because the personal stories, personal problems just keep coming out and he just, he finds it so unprofessional and like it distracting is. for the work. And I, I really like that he calls it out. I think this episode is a very stark contrast in Owen from last week as well. This is this is the Owen that I think a lot of people don't care for. That's interesting. His behaviour is super different this week than it was last week. But yeah, I can't. Mm. And Yang seems to like just rub attendings up the wrong way. Literally every new attending that's come in has had massive issues with Yang. That's true, actually. And a lot of it tends to be down to the way she treats patients. Mm. And like Izzy this week was brought onto Han's service specifically because of her ability to connect with patients and wanting to keep a patient calm. And she says to Han, I've been told I need to work on that. And so I I think that Izzy's fault there is caring too much. It's something she's aware of and something she's working on, but you never really see Yang working on the fact that almost every one of our surgeons has pulled her up on not respecting and not giving a shit about patients. Yeah, just not having any bedside manner. And this isn't the Mm -hmm. first time that she's been called up for not knowing a patient's name, which she always does, but I guess not actively using the patient's name. Yeah. This, yeah, this isn't the first time this has happened. Owen also gives her face for calling her interns by numbers. It's interesting, isn't it, that like Christina and Owen really do have so much chemistry, even in this episode where they're not getting along, where Owen is really judging her and really confused by her behaviour. But every time they look at each other still, like there is so much chemistry there. See, I think the big difference between Owen and Han is that Han immediately didn't respect Christina for no fault of her own. Han didn't respect Christina as a woman. Mm -hmm. She didn't respect that Christina had had relationships with other medical professionals and people who were at a higher stature than her. Whereas 
I think Owen is losing respect for Christina. I don't think he initially. Yeah. In, it was all the same. It's been Christina's behavior over the last two episodes yeah. that have made Owen go, this is who you are. I see you now and I'm going to take you down a peg and remind you why you are here. I think that's right. And I think he's disappointed. Yeah. Because he sees her brilliance. I mean, he does say that to her as well. He also hears it from Callie because Owen asks. He Because, like you said, he's been tasked with giving feedback on these residents. He actually asks Callie to tell him what they're like. And Callie describes Yang as hardcore and that she's going to be a cardio god and she's my housemate. And then she says, Izzy is smart. She's good with patience. She's very compassionate, except for the time she slept with my husband. And it's... Is Callie being unprofessional there? Like, that's what it's saying, yes. Yeah. So it's like she's doing the... Why is why is Callie so comfortable with Owen immediately that she thinks it's okay to say these things? The first part of her sentence is always good. It's like to do with how they work. And then she just tags mm. on at the end these little personal anecdotes. Housemate slept with my husband. And that's the thing that is bothering Owen and that's kind of what he brings up at the end that he just can't get through any conversations with anyone here without it turning personal Mm. and it's a problem it's I would be terrified if I just took a job and within my first couple of days what first week he's been there three days just started hearing all this stuff I'd be like what in the world you just instantly know everybody's everybody's personal life but you also find out how complicated this place is going to be Mm. because not a single person has acted professionally and by that I mean not mentioned the personal stuff no every single person has brought personal stuff into this today Mm -hmm. and also watching Mark sleaze at Christina I was hoping you wanted to see me yeah go to trauma one Dr. Yang, I know cracking chests is more of your thing, but you'll be surprised how exciting it can be when I manipulate a little skin. <laughs> no, I'm good. I want to know when I'm going to see you next. hes It's the chest at her nose for me. There's also this other time where he walks up and, like, leans his whole body on the, on the, nurse's, sta- on the nurse's station. Yeah. Get that cleavage out, baby. What's funny is because she's not responding, it makes him try harder and harder and get worse and worse at it because he cannot figure out what is going on, what is wrong. It's like she's impenetrable to his, like, magic and he's losing it. Well, because he's like, this has never happened to me before. Totally. Welcome. But Yang and Owen and Lexi all comes to a pivotal point when our patient who is severely mangled Mm. starts coding and Lexi pages up Yang. Alex follows her in because he's been down in in the moist morgue and they come up to try and look after this patient. They get him stable again. Alex is talking about uh, blood in his urine bag and Christina is just taking over and saying no you're not going to do this you're not going to do this I'm going to do this I'm going to take care of this because I want the solo surgery and this is my my plaything, my toy my stand the mechanical man this mm-hmm. guy's mine and Owen is watching this and he lets them all fucking have it and I love it. he just screams at them get away from that man what you did was pick over him like vultures, like he was a toy that you didn't want to share. And he says that all of them have no sense, no decency, and no respect. This has happened so many times before. And Bailey's said like a couple of bits and pieces, but this kind of behavior and this seeing people as inter- interchangeable flesh bags. Mm-hmm doesn't seem to bother our other surgeons. Like I'm sure 90% of the people that came into Hunt's tent in the army, he didn't know their names. He didn't know anything about them. They were just random faces. But you know that that man cared deeply to save the souls of each of those individual people that came in, regardless of whether or not he knew their names. Totally. And that's the difference. 
That's the difference. It's the respect thing. And it must have been so hard as well for Owen because he's having a hard day. He's seeing disrespect everywhere. He's just seeing like behavior that he, that doesn't align with his morals in terms of work. And he goes to talk to the chief about it. But instead of finding the chief doing some work in his office, he finds chief hiding away, laughing, having a ball. Torturing. Torturing George because chief is controlling Stan. Chief is God. Chief is God. And he's like, ha, 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 like, Hunt, come and look at this, come and look at this. And on a little monitor you can see George covered in blood trying to save this robot essentially and the robot's just like, ah, I am bleeding out. Ah, and it's just (laughs) chief there into a little microphone. And it is funny but I think it just adds another layer to this idea that all of our residents, all of our doctors in this hospital treat this as a game. And we've been told to treat it as a game since episode one. And that is like what, like the foundation of this show is that surgery is a competition. You win, you lose, but it's how you play the game. Mm -hmm. And Stan is just another game. Like, yes, it's a teaching tool, but it's a game. It's all a game. Well, I think Owen's also seeing where our residents have learnt their lack of respect yeah. and their interest in torturing and one-upmanship because, yeah, I think there needs to be someone on the other end of Stan, but do I think there needs to be someone saying, I'm dying, I am surprised you passed your intern exam? I know. that This is, again, the thing. Stan gets personal. Yeah, Stan gets personal. Weber is taking personal joy out of watching an intern who he has personally taken advantage of for the last year. Mm-hmm struggle yeah and this teaches nothing it it teaches nothing and so owen says to him like i've seen your interns they are undisciplined and they are lacking respect and i don't know if i'm going to stick around here which honestly i i understand that totally i probably wouldn't want to stick around but the sentiments that owen had to yang and alex reflected as well by bailey when Bailey heads downstairs and finds our moist morgue, she is fury incarnate. Like, yeah. You remember that look that your mum gave you where it's the eyes are shaking and the voice is calm, but there is sheer hatred under that? Or did I just have a terrible mother? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey says in her shock and anger and just aghast, she's aghast, she, She can't believe that these babies that she raised would do this. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like they're just there and it's not like they're just there with people working on them and practising them. They're all open. There's food, like like people's lunch, leftovers, drink bottles. There's surgical instruments just lying around. They're not humans anymore. They're like. And the reason that they have for this is these are unclaimed bodies. Yeah. They're not humans. They're unclaimed bodies. Who cares? They're going to go to medical research anyway. And Bailey says each one of these people was loved. Each one of these people was somebody. And it doesn't matter that they are unclaimed bodies. We are responsible for claiming them. We are responsible for treating them with respect. And it's such a sobering moment in an episode that is kind of peppered with silliness because the competition does bring out that when competitions and stuff arise in this show like it does bring out like a bit of a playful energy to the whole show even though we have some really sad moments going on and some really heavy stuff through this episode this kind of snaps Alex and Lexi out of it a little bit and you You can see that they totally understand in this moment. They're like, oh, shit, you are totally right because they've only been thinking about themselves and what they need for their own career progression. And I understand why Lexi wants practice. She's not been given any practice. So it's it's not like I can't see where they were coming from, but they just didn't think it 
think about it all the way through. And I think they feel really bad. Because they don't. Totally. They they can't see much further than the end of our noses. Totally. And they deserve to feel bad. It also comes comes at a point in the episode that is feeling pretty heavy because Derek and Bailey have been working together with this beautiful elderly couple. Rosie is the patient. Rosie and Ed. And Ed is her husband. And she's had multiple surgeries. She's gone from procedures a lot. They have a little ritual where every time she goes for surgery, they kiss and they say goodbye. I think it's like goodbye, darling, goodbye, love. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really sweet. And it's it's not a a big, long, sad goodbye. It's just like a goodbye if you're going off to work, but just a little bit more earnest, tender, you know. Earnest is Mm. the perfect word. Ed says, we say it like that because we know we're about to say hello again. But today. It's the bad omen. And today, unfortunately, the time has come where they don't get to say hello again. And she, Rosie assigned a DNR and Ed is not prepared. They thought they were really prepared and Ed is not prepared. He, she's, she's coding. We watched the little machine do the boop, 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 boop down to the line. And why is nobody doing anything? Why is nobody in here? Why is nobody helping? And Derek and Bailey just have to say, this is this is what the DNR's for. Like we have to let her go. We're not allowed to do anything. So Ed jumps in there and he starts pumping on her chest saying, please don't leave me. And it is so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He manages to get her heart beating, but it's very obvious to all of us medical professionals here. <laughs> A hair flick. Um, <laughs> that that it's not going to revive her. He's purely only doing the physical no. beating of the heart. There's She's gone mm-hmm. and he doesn't stop and he keeps going and he keeps begging her to come back and stay with him to the point where he needs oxygen and Bailey is putting an oxygen mask on him and Bailey and Derek just let him let him do it for so long until he's like physically incapable. and. I don't know if this is supposed to be some sort of metaphor for like <sighs> I could be drawing a long straw, but not being able to like go over a relationship. Yes. When they're over. Because Ed Ed can't be the one to let no. Rosie go. He can't. And Bailey takes over yes. for him. He can't be the one. And Bailey realizes that that she cannot let go either. She can't let go either. And within half a pump, taking over from Bailey, Derek's like, yep, cool, time yeah. of death. I'm glad you thought the same thing because I watched it like that. I was like, oh. Yeah, because it's very poignant with Derek yep. and Bailey's conversations today being all about marriage counselling and how it's bullshit basically. And I don't think Bailey's ready to let go of her relationship yet because when Derek says we tried it at the end, Bailey's like, what, just before you guys got divorced? And he's quite panicked. So Bailey's not ready to let go of her relationship yet, similar to how she wasn't able to let go of Rosie. And we have someone else who can't let go. So this is the big one. This is the big story. We got to do it. We got to get to them. Mm. So, all right. <laughs> Another thing we don't want to do is talk about this, but let's do it. Today, we have a patient in, and Michael is Han's patient. And as Meredith and Izzy are walking behind Han, complaining about why they don't get to crack any chests open today, today is the day they need to learn for their solo surgery. Han starts giving the facts of this patient and we quickly fall to realise that this patient is the patient who on May 15th in the year 2014 had their donor heart stolen by Izzy to give to Denny. 
And Michael's in today because they're doing an alcohol ablation where they shoot ethanol into the heart to destroy tissue, which is wild, and let him breathe again. And that just sounds wild. The worst bit is terrible. He has to <laughs> feel it. He's not under. I there there are anesthetics that will numb mm. the body, but not mm. the brain. But I feel like heart pain might be different because there's no nerve endings in the heart and most medication affects nerve endings. Yeah, but do you want to be like awake when your body is open? Under no circumstances. Yeah. So pretty quickly Izzy clocks it. She's like, this is Danny's. Immediately. Heart. This is Danny's heart. The second she's given the date. This is what happened. Oh, there's repercussions for your actions? (laughs) Who'd have thought? And Erica is very, very personally invested. I mean, as she said, like she was there when her patient's heart got stolen out of his body. And it's watching that episode, the de- that particular heart episode, the Denny episode, the Elvad Wyatt episode, we really do really see it from Izzy's perspective because we love Denny. Of course we want Denny to have that heart. Of course we do. And I think... This episode is so important as well for the viewers who got swept up in that to see the other side of it. And I love that Grey's Anatomy isn't isn't afraid to make our characters the bad guys because Erica was kind of the the Mm. bad guy of that episode. Erica was the roadblock stopping Denny from getting a heart. But Erica was fighting for her patient. Erica was doing her job. Uh, Erica was the difficult woman. Erica had a heart in a body that was taken out of a body. That's not okay. And it's so Mm. nice to see the other side and to see that everybody, like Bailey said, everybody is somebody's somebody. The the people are fighting for life. That's what I it's what I was gonna say. Like these that you keep saying taking a heart out of a body. And it's like, okay, but that body belonged to a person and the other person who needed a heart needed it to fulfill their life and look after their family it's not just another exactly and it's amazing we get to meet him we get to meet his wife we get to thing yeah we get to see their connection and Izzy gets to be a part of it to realize that he is his wife's Denny. This is the huge realisation that she comes to today. Yeah. She's in surgery with Han and Meredith and during this surgery Han says, like, Izzy, I needed you specifically because of how good you are with patients to be in here, to calm him down, to talk to him, to connect with him. But unfortunately there's there's a lot of Denny in the room today. Yeah. Just, it's they've they've lightened this episode up in interesting ways. Like Meredith saying, "There's there's a lot of Denny in the room today," and he's being like, "How how how much how much Denny do you see?" Because because I'm seeing a lot of Denny because Izzy is hallucinating. Yes, Izzy, welcome to the team. Ghost Denny is what's happening. We've made it, guys. We've made it to season five. We've made it to Ghost Denny. We've made it to one of my least favorite storylines in the whole season. But you know what? It's actually a really good storyline today. It works today. Because we get to see more Denny? Because it contextually it makes sense. She's in the same room with the same heart. It's No, I agree. It, it is a lot yeah. of Denny. And all of a sudden she's sitting with this patient and saying things to him like, don't leave for your wife. Like you have to fight. You have to keep breathing. You have to stay alive. And it's all so just a repeat of what she went through with Denny. It's too much. So in this first surgery, Izzy croaks. She can't talk to him. The patient can't sit still and basically they fail. And it is on Izzy. Well. It's not on Izzy. It's not on Izzy. They had two choices for where they were going to put the alcohol 
And the first one was not the right one, but Izzy did completely fail at keeping this patient calm. Totally. Yeah. But also it's always going to be on Han. I feel like Han should have kind of prepped her before they were in the OR about what her job was going to be today because you can't just throw that at someone in the middle of it. Well, Izzy should have also stood up and been like, hey, I need off this case. If she had done that from the very start, not a problem. And that would have been just as easy as going to Weber and being like, the case I've been assigned to today is Denny Duquette's cart. I can't be there. Let's just take some personal responsibility, Izzy and Weber. And just Weber is a little bit hard to find today. He is hiding being Stan. He's not like. <laughs> yeah, but Bailey, totally. Bailey would have oh, known totally. as well. Like this could have been it. But when Izzy fails, she runs out of the room. And we're left with Han and Meredith walking down a hallway, Han furiously telling Meredith to go find Izzy. I need to talk to her. And Meredith keeps, she did this last episode as well, trying to tell someone something. And instead of like standing her ground and saying the thing, she just lets it trail off. And this is often important information. Izzy has a connection with this patient. And Meredith could have gone about that in a way that maybe wouldn't have raised alarm bells rather than Han having to walk into Callie and Callie getting her gossip on. I mean, honestly, Meredith could have just said Izzy worked on the Denny Duquette. Izzy was working on that that case. You didn't have to say, like, it's a personal connection, but today is, like, the pers- the personal things interfering with work day. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And this is... A huge mm. example of that. But Han gets the goss and she immediately walks into Weber's office and says, I want an ethics review panel assembled. Weber's response is that this has been laid to rest. I took care of it. And mm. this is where it gets into a bit of a tricky situation, actually. You know what? I I think Han is in the right. I understand that. Izzy was punished and all of that kind of stuff, but there should have been an ethics review Mm -hmm. because we've had um, M&Es before. M&M. Morbidity and morality. Totally. M&M. I agree. And it's it's so uncomfortable because, yes, what you said, she was punished, it went through the right channels, it was, but it didn't go high enough no because the 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 hospital would have lost their transplant license and this is what Callie says this conversation with Han and Callie I find really interesting as well because Han is furious Han's like I'm telling you no it's like I'm going to go and report this and Callie maybe for the first time ever sticks up for Izzy here and she says well she sticks up for the hospital totally totally yeah she says like this will we will lose our transplant accreditation. Izzy was punished. Izzy, you know, she was um, on leave. What, what, what did she, what was the word she used? On leave. Sabbatical. On sabbatical for a long time. And now she's learning again and she's training. And she says that she is becoming a good doctor now. And that is in, like an important thing. Kelly asks, what good would it do? Because, yeah, there is. There's time, like Han says, there is right and there is wrong. There's no gray area, which, yeah, I understand in this point, there is no gray area. What Mm. Izzy did was wrong. She deserves punishment. Bailey and Weber also deserve to be looked at for, you know, not, we said this at the time, that yes, Izzy did these things, but what led up to those actions was the responsibility of the higher-up, Burke and Weber, turning a blind eye. Burke, Weber, Bailey, definitely. Doing this now isn't necessarily going to do good. Like it's not going to get your patient a heart. It's it's not going to stop something like this from happening again. Exactly. It's not going to really change anything. Yeah, all it's going to change. It's too late. I think that what good would it do is such an important question because it's revenge at this point. It is. And it's Han, I think because she's carried this 
for so long and she's watched this patient go through so much and she was obviously and okay so mad about it she didn't get to see or be a part of any of the repercussions she wasn't there for anything you know watching anything be fixed watching Izzy get punished she wasn't there to close to see the closure to see that chapter end so for her it's like she needs the closure she needs to see something come of this even though it's already put to bed it's done well i i think she has a really valid point when her rebuttal to the chief saying that is it's not in the past because it, it yeah it's not in the past this, yeah it's lying open in the or this action still has ramifications it's like there is still a person here struggling to survive because of these actions yeah which is actually exactly mm. the other side of the what i was just saying before because our hospital seattle grace has closed that chapter but it's actually not closed out there it is still open it's like the opposite of what i just said actually in a way i think it just goes to show that yeah there are there really are he's still alive two sides to every story and unless you're in either of those sides you will never know the full context and diversity of a story so it becomes really hard to judge which is basically what everyone's saying to Han you can't judge us for our actions because you weren't hearing you don't know our story whereas Han's going well I can because Mm. You fail to see that there is another side to this story and that there's still it's still having mm. an effect. Yeah, that's so true, actually. I like it's they aren't thinking about that at all. But I but I do think Hallie, I do think Callie in this conversation has a really good point. I think there is a bit of a Callie's like, she's one of us. She got punished. She's going to be a good doctor if we lose this transplant accreditation. Like that's so many more lives we can't save. Like what what is going to happen? This is and in this moment we realize that Callie sees gray areas and Erica doesn't. I feel like Han is the kind of surgeon who wouldn't fob the date on a medical document so that health insurance would cover it. Exactly. Like it doesn't harm anyone. This, this definitely harms someone, don't get me wrong. Exactly. I think Han and Owen are very similar in that. No, no, don't. It's, this is like them realising these big these big differences that these two have that maybe sometimes they're not going to see eye to eye and I don't think it needs to be irreconcilable but right now this is a big problem neither of them saw coming because Erica can't see Callie's side. Callie cannot see Erica's side. And Erica says it, it isn't black and white. There's no kind of. And then she just drops a really unnecessary bomb. Says you can't kind of be a lesbian. Callie's response was I said it at the same time as Callie. I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I love yeah. that Callie says that. Same. It was great. Yeah. By visibility. 100%. Good job. Good job, Grace. But Han says, I don't know you at all, and storms off. It's it's really, really, see, her argument made sense. Callie's argument made sense until she said that. Yeah, it was a weird throwaway. It was like, oh, sorry, sorry. This just got personal now. This isn't about medicine anymore. So Han just storms off into the night, leaving Callie. And Callie is so dumbstruck because it just seemed to come out of nowhere. It really, that comment about the lesbian thing just came absolutely out of nowhere. And I also feel like, I, I feel like it's so judgmental. They've both been discovering their sexuality recently and together. So why is, why does Han get to be like, you're not enough of a lesbian now. Why? When it's like you've both, you're both on this journey, like have some compassion. You're both just figuring that out. It's new for both of you. Yeah, it is. Maybe Han is one of those people who, when they're hurt, 
lashes out and specifically hurts other people, similar to what Alex does. Hurt people hurt people. Mm, Maybe. Speaking of Alex, Alex and Izzy are really cute today. Alex is just trying to cheer Izzy up, make things better, bring her dead bodies. (laughs) A bouquet of bodies. (laughs) You know, all the things girls love. And yeah, one of the wrap-ups of this episode is Izzy really, really struggling with why she is seeing Ghost Denny around. Like if she's seeing him or what? If she's seeing him, why he's there. Yeah. She's sitting in the locker room at the end of the day with her eyes closed, just kind of begging him to go away. She's like, I need to move on from you. You have to let me move on. And she closes her eyes and when she opens them, Alex is there. And her smile, like she completely lights up. It's just been, I know that Denny, you know, is a huge love of her life, but her and Alex, like from the start, they have always had such a beautiful connection and she's gone through hell to pull that boy out (laughs) of that spiky shell. She has finally got him out and he's finally just like so open, not with words, but with his body language and with his face and, like, he's so soft around her and they kiss and it's cute and they're so happy. I think Izzy's also feeling guilty. So our patient Michael refused to go back for a second Mm. round at this alcohol ablation. And like you said, his wife is his Izzy. Michael is her Denny. And Mm -hmm. Han is Mm -hmm. ripping Izzy a new one about having to stay on the case because Izzy finally asks, I need to be let off. And Han's like, no, you are going to witness the repercussions of your actions. And Izzy storms into his room and she says, if you die, she will not get over it. She will not move on. She will think she can. She'll even think she has moved on. Then you will feel so close to her that this will be happening all over again and she will not move on. And the part of that whole thing that got me, and especially with Alex at the end, it just kept ringing through my mind is she will think that she can move on. She will think that she has moved on. And Izzy wants to. She has love. She loves Alex. She loves being with him. She. She wants to so much. Loves the challenge of him, but it doesn't change the fact that Denny will always be in the back of her mind or be in the corner of a room. When did I start saying room? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It's very like English teacher of you. Rome. Room. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck. I hate ghost Denny so much. Like, yes, he's beautiful. It's nice. But like, do you have to come and ruin? Alex and Izzy, when they're finally figuring it out, do you have to do that? Do you have to? Do his hands need to be in his pockets and his shoulders hunched over the whole time? My God. Is he is he so tall that he can't? That's the Denny stance. Be in the fray. We just didn't realise it because he was always in bed. <laughs> oh, maybe. I know. One of our other wrap-ups today is... We are back with the diaries and Izzy and Chris, Izzy, sorry, Meredith and Christina are sitting in bed reading diaries and laughing about Mark. And it's cute. Mm -hmm. Nice, happy friend time. Christina did have another moment before she left the hospital today, though. It was not as slutty a moment as I was hoping it would be. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot this. Sorry. Yes, this is a, this is, this is a massive moment. Yeah. So Owen finishes up his day by walking in and congratulating George on saving this patient. And George is ecstatic and it's great to see him having a good time because George is the only person today who didn't take advantage of anyone else. George also didn't talk about anything personal. Yeah. George has just been in that room fighting for Stan's life (laughs) all day. And I don't know why, considering that Owen knew where the chief was, I don't know why he chose to just Ruin this achievement for George, honestly, by leaning over the body and saying, I want to apologize for my behavior earlier and uh, I will be in tomorrow. To which Stan says, thank you, Dr. Hunt. Go get some sleep. Why? Why ruin George's day? 
And George's little mind is blown. <laughs> I think. To show that he can be fun. I think he does it. Oh, <laughs> so they stop. No. So George has been in there all day. And you can tell mm-hmm. that Hunt's actually really impressed because really he's the only intern that's been solidly doing just work all day. But also that's because no one's talking to him except Stan who keeps giving him shit. Yeah. And I think Hunt's impressed. George is now the reason that Hunt might stay. Well, mm-hmm. George and Christina. Hunt goes for nap time. He goes, yeah, he goes for nap time. He goes for nap time. And Christina walks into this encore room and Ayla is ready. And it, it didn't. You want a little bit of Hunt in an encore room? Yeah, I did. <sighs> Enemies to lovers. Christina up. Christina updates him on a patient and he. The patient. Mush face. <laughs> I'm the patient. And oh, don't. No, we're not starting that again. No, 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 yes. no. This episode is about respect. We're not calling them that. Yes. Yes, mom. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Christina comes in, updates in on the patient, and Owen is is really fed up with the lack of respect today. And he says they're all people, Yang. This is not a game or a contest to see who gets surgery or who doesn't. They're people and we get to save them. You're good. You're excellent. You could win all the contests. But if that's why you're doing this, then you shouldn't be. And he brings up the game thing. It's like all of a sudden the show is changing the foundation of what they built it on, which is totally fine, by the way. It actually kind of makes the show a little bit exciting that it's like, it's a game, it's a game, it's a game. And then someone comes in being like, what the fuck are you doing? This shouldn't be a game. It's like, oh, okay. It also shows growth, which I love. Yeah. Rather than there's there's so often where where people and circumstances happen, it's like, oh, we can see that what's going on isn't right, but it's the way we've always done it. So we have to keep doing it that way. Whereas Great Anatomy went, maybe, no, let's let's just change it. That is so true. Let's just change it. Let's not be okay with this anymore. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Hohen's big thing is that Christina had come in and said that this patient had been identified and Owen wanted to know whether or not Christina had bothered to learn the man's name and connect with him as a human. And then we get to learn something about Christina. We knew a little bit of the tip of the iceberg. We just don't see her. Yeah, we knew... We knew the tip of the iceberg. That's the perfect way to say it. But she articulates this in such a way that holds so much meaning and it's just so nice to see her open up like this. Because she doesn't do this to anyone. She hasn't even done this to Meredith. She says, my dad died. No. It's so rare for her to tell Mm -hmm. stories about her life. It's so rare. She didn't even tell George this month, this much when he joined the Dead Dad Club. She doesn't get personal at work. No, but she doesn't not not in that way she not like the others do doesn't stay professional she lets her personal wants and needs override totally her professional professionalism yeah it's like she swings yeah it's still not it's not emotion she's not emotionally personal it's not what owen wants Mm. yeah yeah it's personal in a different selfish way whereas this yeah this story is devastating. My dad died when I was nine in a car accident when I was in the car. While we waited for the ambulance, I tried to keep his chest closed so he wouldn't bleed so much. When he died, my hands felt his heart stop beating. That's why I do this. It's also why I win all the contests. The patient's name is Tom. I really like it. It really shuts Owen down. And interestingly, I think Maybe this is Owen, even though he's not wrong with the things that he's wanted and the things that he's asked for and the problems that he's finding in his hospital, but I think he's now seeing a bit of a grey area. Maybe he was a little bit too black and white and maybe this is where he starts to realise like everyone needs to be taught differently, which came up kind of at the start of this season that everyone's teaching methods are different and everyone learns differently and maybe this is something that's going to make him start thinking about that a little Mm. bit. Maybe not everything's going to be so black and white work for everybody. Yeah. It's coming into his grey era. Yeah. Ah. 
He's coming into his grey area. Someone else is about to come into the grey area. <laughs> I hate it when I make, I hate it when my brain goes there. Um. And I can't not say it <laughs> because I know that you'll enjoy it. And then I go, oh, I just said that to other people. I love that I've ruined you. It makes me very happy. You have. You have. I can't. I don't even know. Well, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon, evening or morning playing in your own grey area. And we thank you for all of your unconditional love and support. Come and hit us up. Tell us about your grey area. Wow. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. 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 Thanks so much, (laughs) friends. We will talk to you next week. This is all Tamsin's fault. Bye-bye. Bye. Re-record it so it's you saying it, not me. No! I don't like it. (laughs)